Something's calling me Something's calling me Something's calling me A little bit deeper than I Ever been before Feels like I'm walking on marbles Can't steal the earth beneath my feet Is my head in the clouds My naked legs left dangling I can feel my heart begin to pound Something's calling me A little bit deeper than I Ever been Something's calling me a little bit deeper than I've ever been before. A long dark night, my soul it wanders. Can't see the light that moves me. If God is everything and everywhere that I belong, Spirit gently wakes me from my sleep. Something's calling me a little bit deeper than I've ever been. Something's calling me a little bit deeper than I've ever been before. Oh Lord, oh Lord, take me deeper than I've ever been before. calling me a little bit deeper than I've ever been before. Peace is calling me a little bit deeper than I've ever been, I've ever been before. America's calling me a little bit Understanding's calling me. Patience is calling me deeper and deeper and deeper. Lord, love is calling me a little bit deeper than 
God is calling me, and I'm grateful like I've never been before. Thank you for calling me. Calling these practitioners, Reverend Henry, Valerie, and my friend Bruce. Oh Lord, thank you for calling me. That's Dr. Jamie Lula. So, so grateful. I, um, there's a part of me, Jamie, that is wondering when you, how, when did you do that song, Jamie? When did you write it? Long time ago. Yes. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. See, this is why you got to come to, you got to be in the center to get it all. But ask somebody if you at home and you couldn't hear none of that. Because what I was thinking is that we've been circling each other, Dr. Jamie and I, for about tw for over 20 years now. And I remember just loving that piece, several others. But this is such a perfect opening for the auspicious occasion that we have today. The absolute perfect song some, and spirit. It's not just a song, the prayer. The prayer sung by Dr. Jamie. Something is calling me. Today we honor our, we honor and acknowledge our practitioners, our prayer practitioners. And it's important that I say to you that the practitioner path is a calling. It's not a path of study where the teacher says you need to be in the next class and you just follow that instruction. It is instead, it must come from an inner calling. The recognition that something, y'all know something, that something is calling me deeper, higher, wider into myself and a relationship with the divine by any name and you named them love forgiveness understanding compassion a relationship and so that's what we are acknowledging today and it is even more special at least for me because during that covid those three pa the th past 3 years we've not had a practitioner sunday and so today is a reset. It's a moment of deeper acknowledgement. And on top, now that would be enough. That right there would be sufficient unto itself. But as it turns out, we have four practitioners who were just licensed this summer. So our blessing cup overflows beyond. Yes? So.
something is calling us deeper. So Valerie, are you gonna, so the, okay, I, we just had a little eye contact and we just, we like in it. And this is the moment where I am going to invite Reverend Angelo, my partner in ministry since the very beginning. There was not, no, before the beginning. You know, there's, there's a whole runway to begin a ministry, especially in affiliation with an international organization, the Centers for Spiritual Living, although we're grandfathered with United uh, Church of Religious Science. And Reverend Angelo and Reverend Jack and I did all of that work to do that. So it feels so perfect that we would be sharing in this moment as well as we call the practitioners the prayer arm, the, the, the other aspect of our ecclesiastical team forward. And so we're just going to, if you'll start us off, and the practitioners will come. Pat Reynolds, Dr. Felicia Williams Cozy. And then Brenda, I'm going to ask you to pause right where you are because this next group of practitioners are the practitioners emeritus. And so not only are they practitioners, but they have acknowledged their calling and been active, loyal, and supporting for over 20 years. Yes. So. Brenda Chenault. Robert Williams. Carol Lanigan Johnson. And we have some practitioners who were unable to be here physically present today, but I do want to call their names because we know that they are tuned in by their own affirmation. And so those who are not with us today, but are with us in spirit, in spirit, excuse me, is Akanke Adifumi, Suzette C. Johnson, who is also a practitioner emerita, Tendai Jordan, Deb Kersey, Sherry Murphy, and Gabriela Ramos. And then our newest practitioners, I need you to know what that path is like. Because not only are there several prerequisites that must be taken, there is a two-year professional practitioner study course that must be completed. And after the completion, now that's a plenty. Many folks just say, you know what, that's good. I'm going to rock with that. But then there are those who decide that they will sit for the uh, written exam. And having passed that, they sit for an oral exam. And it is after that that they are then licensed. And so I am so proud now to have Reverend Angelo call forth our fourth, four newest practitioners. Nancy Mamolejo. Damali Robertson. Scott Stout. Robin by Carpenter Briscoe. This, I want you to just feast your eyes for a moment. This is our heart and soul practitioner core. What a practitioner prays for. We pray 
to get out of our own way so that God can be God within us, so that the fullness of spirit may be encountered by those who contact us. We pray that light may break in upon us with such radiance that our prayers will be fully illuminated and each person who calls will be filled with certainty about what to do and what direction to take. We pray that love will announce itself with such warmth and depth within our hearts that we cannot do less than transmit the feeling of love to every individual who contacts us. When this happens, we know that the person's confidence will be restored. We pray that our awareness of the living presence of God may become more real to us than anything else. We pray to have sufficient humility so that we may hear what God has to say to us and what God may want to say through us to others. Thus, we pray to become fit instruments through which the goodness of God may be revealed. We pray to be so permeated with spiritual persuasion that we may declare the word of truth with such conviction that anyone hearing it will sense the triumph of freedom. We pray to be so spiritually empowered that we may give people back to themselves, having disarmed the thieves of worry, doubt, and fear that would rob them of their sense of self. We pray to be so permeated with spiritual persuasion that we may declare the word of freedom, of truth, with such conviction that anyone hearing it will sense the triumph of freedom. We pray for divine inspiration. We pray for clear vision. We pray for a deeper measure of faith and expanded sense of the allness of God. And finally, we pray for the truth, the omnipresence of God's peace, love, and harmony is seen by us with profound clarity, illuminating and healing every soul who comes to us in need. That is the practitioner's prayer. And so it is. Thank you. The three individuals who just read what a practitioner prays for are the leadership for our practitioner core, Ron Marshall, Felicia Williams-Cosey, and Brenda Chenault. And thank you. They have taken it. Would you understand if I said another floor? They have not only taken and lived by the practitioner vow, but then they said, and I'll serve beyond that. I will serve not only heart and soul as a practitioner, I will also serve my fellow practitioners. And so I say from my heart to yours, thank you. Thank you for your service. Thank you for your wisdom. Thank you for your willingness. Thank you for your love. Ron, Felicia, and Brenda. I'm going to ask our four newest practitioners to step forward. We are, I'm about to lead the practitioner core in their vows. 
Now, all of the other practitioners have said these vows over years. This, however, is your first time. And so I wanted you, like, up front, breathing it in, taking it all in, not missing a word of it. And, of course, this is the renewal of vows for our entire practitioner corps, and I'm believing that they are tuned in and will be reciting with us. Yes? Yes. So, as a licensed practitioner at Heart and Soul Center of Light, do you commit to daily practices of meditation, visioning, prayer, and study? If so, please say, I do. Do you pledge to increase your awareness of spirit in all things and to align with universal principles of truth? And to engage these truth principles with the highest levels of integrity and with the deepest intention of being an active, loyal, and supportive practitioner of truth. As a licensed practitioner, do you promise to be an active steward of heart and soul center of light? I As a licensed practitioner, do you promise to be loyal to the vision and mission of heart and soul center of light? I As a licensed practitioner, do you stand in an awareness of life being an infinite abundant experience? Do you promise to financially support Heart and Soul Center of Light in an identifiable way through tithing and gracious giving? Do you also commit to supporting this center, Heart and Soul Center of Light, by generously contributing your mental, physical, and spiritual resources in the fulfillment of this ministry? Some of that feels a little redundant because it is how they be. And yet it's an opportunity to affirm it acknowledge it together. So please repeat after me, practitioners. I am grateful to know the truth of the wholeness of all life. I affirm this knowledge through my life. I let go. I let God. And so it is. And so now your part, you have witnessed their declaration. And so now there is a congregational response. And I'm going to ask that they put that up for us so you can see it. And together we say to them, yes, we hear you. We see you. We love you. We support your vow with love. We appreciate you, and we thank God for you. Thank you for saying yes. And so it is. So now we'll do the... So what you may have noticed is that all of the practitioners, all of the established practitioners are wearing stoles that represent their practitionerhood at heart and soul. And so our four newest practitioners will now be presented with their stoles, making this completely official. Yes. You are witnessing a most auspicious ceremony. Nancy Marmalejo, we welcome you.
Damali Robertson, we welcome you. Scott Staub, we welcome you. Thank you for helping me with that. There we go. Not quite. Thank you, Nancy. Yes. Welcome. Robin Vi Carpenter Briscoe. <laughs> we welcome you, beloved. I present to you, now officially, our newest Heart and Soul Practitioners. And if you'll step back up. And now as they step up, with their stoles, you can see what a beautiful vista. <laughs> yes, yes. And so we pray. There is one life. It is the life of God. Heart and soul, center of light, is living the life of God, and the life of God is living heart and soul. I speak this word for our heart and soul center of light practitioners. I acknowledge their commitment and dedication to daily spiritual practices. I recognize and appreciate the high consciousness, open heart, grace, and generosity of our practitioner core. I value their commitment to integrity, excellence, and this chosen path of mastery. We are uplifted and blessed by their vow to be active, loyal, and supporting of heart and soul. Our practitioners are truth tellers and light seers. As our practitioners know the truth for us and shine the light upon us, that same light is reflected upon them. In gratitude and deep appreciation, I give thanks for our dedicated heart and soul practitioner core and for the further fulfillment of Spirit's grand and glorious vision, perfectly unfolding as heart and soul center of light. I now release this word into the perfect activity of law. I know that it's done and done well in God, and for this I am forever grateful. Oh, I just give thanks. For each and every one, those present, those tuning in, those who are yet to come, those who have been here and moved on, I give thanks, blessing it in its entirety, knowing that it's complete in God, and I let it be, sealing this for all eternity by simply saying, Ashe, Amen. Amen, and so it is. Stay right there. We're just going to establish the song so that y'all can. So that yes.
All right, you know what time it is. You know what time it is. For all the practitioners. Your word is victory. In the fire, it seems so hard. I can't find my way. Even when I cannot see, keep going. Spirit is leading me. And I know I've got the victory. Sing it. I, I got the victory. Yes. The old practitioners got the victory. Come on, say it one more time. Yeah, yeah. Victory. Now you know sometimes we think that we know it all. God has got a plan. So even in your darkest night, hold on to the to tell them what to do. We got a red light. A red light means something. But for three years, the four practitioners were planted in consciousness, weren't they? They were coming up into something and being called by something. I'm so grateful, Dr. Jamie, for your song. I have loved it. It feels like my whole life, but at least... Since 1998, you say? Yeah. Something's calling me a little bit deeper. How appropriate for an occasion like this. And there are all kinds of calls. There's that call from within, and you know, there are mundane calls as well. I want to tell a little bit on myself. When I was a little boy, I'm, I'm thinking like early elementary school, I lived with my aunt, Helene, some of you knew her, in Philadelphia. And at that time, we lived in a three-story walk-up. And if you've never been to North Philadelphia, it is an inner-city urban environment. So I, like most kids, followed a certain routine in my life. I went to school. 
And after school, came home, and I was given a snack, and then put to the task of homework. And after I got done with homework, there was an occasion to go outside and play with my friends, right? Now, the only way I knew when it was time to come back in was when my aunt called me. The way she called me was she would open up that third story window and in a voice like an air raid siren, <laughs> even though like in the early years when I was maybe six, you know, I would be just down on the stoop, just three stories below, but she would holler, Hello. Okay, let me get my little thing going on here. Yeah. So, so my aunt would scream at such a volume, scream my name, that other kids who weren't named Angela would stop whatever they were doing. <laughs> and of course, you know, dinner was the reward for prompt attention. I would run straight upstairs. As I grew a little older, my free range was sort of expanded. And I was allowed to go a little further than the stoop or right down in front of the house. I'd go around the corner to my friend Larry's house. He was over at his grandmother's a great deal of the time. And we would play there, and my aunt would call me when it was time to come in. And I would hear it, but it wasn't like the air raid siren because of distance, right? I was further away, and I would hear it plainly and, and go. Over the course of time, my range expanded even further. So now I've, I'm gone around the corner, picked up Larry. Larry and I have gone to the next corner and around that corner. So we're literally on the other side of the block. And there was a, a family there that must have had like 10 kids. And we played with those kids all kinds of street games, all kinds of activities. And in the clamor of all that we were doing, there were, of course, you know, fire engines and their sirens going by and people playing loud music and whatever noise garbage trucks happen in a city. And yet, when my aunt, Helene, <laughs> on the other side of the block would call, I would hear it. However, I, it wasn't like I could hear it at like high volume. I couldn't even hear it at like a normal tone. I heard it as sort of a little squeak, a little like, Angelo. It was something, I, I wanna say that I felt as though, or I feel looking back, as though I was just attenuated to the frequency of her call. And I was honed in and just knew Practitioners are similarly attenuated to a call, a call to, to go within and to go deeper, a little deeper than they've ever been before. This call is not shrill. It's a gentle beckoning. It's a call into, well, all of the things that Dr. Jamie and Dr. Andriette mentioned, deeper Love, deeper appreciation, deeper kindness, deeper meditation, deeper reflection, deeper excavation of all the stuff that we have. It is, in my opinion, the deepest dive that people can do. And as I was preparing for this talk, it's amazing where my mind goes. Um, it occurred to me that where a practitioner goes, the deepest part of consciousness is like a sport called freediving. Have you ever heard of freediving? I've got a picture of a freediver that we're going to show you. That's a freediver. So this is uh, an extreme water sport. I'm not recommending it as part of your spiritual practice. 
the way this sport works is the diver has on like a wetsuit and a pair of long flippers, as you can see, and they've got on a pair of goggles. But the thing they do not have is any kind of breathing apparatus. There's no scuba tank. But they are given a lead weight, a heavy lead weight. And then somebody pushes them off the boat. And the object of this sport is to go down as fast as possible to the very abyss of the ocean depth. For as far as you can go, and then you release the weight. It's some kind of sport, right? <laughs> but here's the thing, you know, uh, while these divers are at that depth, they undergo enormous physical changes. Because, well, first of all, it's freezing cold the deeper you go, and the pressure of the water causes, well, first of all, their lungs compress. And let me say that if you're curious as to how deep they go, the world record in 2023, I happen to look this up, is 511 feet by a diver, a male diver. So at that depth, your lungs compress to about the size of tangerines. All the air that was in your lungs, the oxygen and nitrogen, gets pressed out directly into your bloodstream. Your heart rate slows to a crawl. As I mentioned, it's freezing cold. And all of the air pockets in your body have to be somehow equalized to the pressure that's outside. So your eardrums, the, the space behind your eyes, your sinuses, all of that has to be accomplished in order to survive the descent. And then the diver's got to like go back up, got to get back to the surface. Now, this sport, um, the diver has to do a couple of things. As I mentioned, they drop the weight and they start making for the surface. A practitioner in his or her deep dive into consciousness can be likened to a deep diver or a free diver because as they go to depth, they have to let go of something too. They don't have a lead weight, but they've got to let go of the weight of false ideas. They've got to let go of those notions that do not serve them. And then they've got to grab on to something. They've got to know something. They've got to know some particles of spiritual principle that sets up something truly magnificent and powerful. They have to know, first of all, there is one life. And that life is God's life. That life is perfect. The practitioner has to orient his or herself to that idea right off the bat. That life is eternal. That life is perfect love, is perfect creative power, and it is the source of all that there is. There is nothing outside of that life, including me, the practitioner, including whomever or whatever I'm praying for and about that Life is the source of all that there is, all that there ever has been, all that there ever will be, which means it's my life now. Armed with these two knowings in spiritual principle, the practitioner stands at the precipice, right at the very, in the very depths of consciousness, at the precipice of real spiritual power, because anything that the practitioner utters after that, the universe, spirit, in the house, responds to as yes. The practitioner is able to call forth that which is true about God. And in knowing what is true about God, he or she knows what's true about the person that is with them in prayer or the idea that is held in prayer. Ernest Holmes actually had um, something to say about this. 
He said, and because I can't see that screen way back there, I'm going to read it way up here. He said that this unity realization, the realization of the unity of God and the human, is truth. So when the practitioner knows there's only one life, that life is God's life, that life is my life now, he has spoken the ultimate truth that opens up the pathways of creative power in God. And Ernest says, we simply need to get a greater realization of this in our own prayer work, but how do we get it? Well, Dr. Jamie tells us we go deeper than we've ever been before. Deeper and yet deeper, says Ernest, into our own spiritual nature, knowing who we are. That is what a practitioner is constantly reminding us who we are, whose we are, pushing further and further into the infinite mind. And where does this happen? Well, there's only one place that can ever happen. It doesn't happen in the ocean. It happens in the ocean of consciousness. It happens within. There's nowhere else that we can do it. Now, how it happens is another question. But it can be simply explained, and, and many of us know it. Ernest Holmes describes it as the law of mind. And the law of mind is, is, is really quite simple. It simply states that we live in a mental universe that responds to us at the level of our thought. When we speak our word, it has creative power and responds to us at the level of our knowingness of truth. Remember, we're unified with God. And as we claim what we know about God, the infinite possibility of God, the infinite power of God, the infinite creativity of God, God responds, yes. And so I want to offer that you are as powerful as you want to be. Ernest Holmes tried to tell you this in The Science of Mind. He also mentions, well, let me just pause here and just ask, are you praying? Because it matters. It matters because prayer works. Now, perhaps you do a science of mind five-step treatment. Perhaps you do a more traditional prayer or prayer from another faith tradition. I want to tell you this in the fullest transparency that I can kind of doesn't matter. What we teach is the five-step treatment form. But spirit, all-knowing, all-loving, doesn't happen to speak English or Spanish or Mandarin or any other language. It's speaking the level of knowing, believing, faith, that deep, deep feeling of faith that you are operating from. And when we are operating from that, we are operating in the realm of absolute perfect power. Now, I want to make sure that we understand. You saw the array of practitioners up here. Their very presence demonstrates that when it comes to prayer work, you don't have to do it alone. At Heart and Soul Center of Light, we take time during the announcements to remind you that after service, prayer practitioners are available for what we call laser prayer. What's that? Laser prayer really means coming right to the point quickly with an expedience of time. And that is helpful. And then there are times when that may not be enough. There may need to be some other things that, that are told and need to be explored, need to be excavated, need to be gone into a little bit deeper to know spiritual truth. 
Ernest Holmes talks more about this deeper nature that we are. He says that each one of us has within him or herself a deeper nature. And of course, this deeper nature, being an eternal unity with God, is more than human. When you are working with a practitioner, you are transcending your normal humanness to merging with the being of the divine. You don't have to do it alone. We live in this amazing time when we're approaching prayer and, and, and we might feel that, well, I've got my prayer because my concern is so unique and, and nobody else knows what I'm going through. I, I'm, I'm here to tell you the truth. There are really only about five categories of prayer requests or, or, or prayer, yeah, prayer requests that people tend to have. And it doesn't matter where you live or how you're living. Those five areas are, you see them before you, health and wellness, peace and harmony, knowing that you're safe, knowing that you're appreciated, love and relationships. Who doesn't want that? feeling safe in relationships, abundance and prosperity, appreciating the abundance of, of all things, including the energy of money, and self-realization, standing in what is yours to be and do in this world. And it also encompasses spiritual realization, coming to serve God and humanity. Now, in working with a practitioner, I want to offer this idea that we live in this time when, and I want to phrase this just the right kind of way, when we want to employ the help of people who, are, who have mastery and what we are attempting to know more about. And we're at this point in, I don't know, human evolution, human civilization, where we've got enough time and money freedom, many of us, to be able to hire somebody to help us, right? You wanna, you wanna perfect that 7-10 split at the bowling alley? Well, maybe you get a bowling coach. You want to learn to play the guitar. You've been working at it for years, and you're not quite playing like Dr. Jamie, but you know you can do better. Well, maybe you hire somebody who has mastery. There are coaches of all kinds. Have you ever heard of ChatGTP? It's, it's, a, it's a search mechanism in which you can give it an instruction. This is artificial intelligence, right? You can say, write me a 5,000-word essay on the French Revolution. And in about five seconds, it'll give you exactly that. Now, you have to you know, kind of check it and go through it and make sure that it's right. But it's going to be more right than wrong. And it's going to be pretty well written. I did a query into ChatGTP. I said, give me the list of 50 different kinds of coaches. That's what you see before you. Are there coaches there that you're using right now? Some of you have talked to me about the fitness coach that's helping you out. Some of you have mentioned that you've got like a college admission coach that's working with your children. All kinds of coaches. What coach are you using for your spiritual life? They were all here. They're all among you. And they are as important as any human activity for which you want to know more about. When you're plumbing at the very depth of your soul, a practitioner is your best friend, your best coach. Meticulously trained, as Dr. Andrea said, and vetted in all the ways you can imagine. 
They've been tested. They've, they've gone through exhaustive practice and study. And it's, it's not just on Sundays that they are available to serve mankind, to be of help. The last thing I really want to bring to our attention about these beautiful people who are spiritual mind practitioners is that, yeah, they show up with huge amounts of generosity and love, and yet they deserve remuneration for their time and effort in that expanded thing that we call a practitioner session, a counseling session. Now, what does that look like? Well, I don't know. But I'll tell you a story that I don't, I don't even remember where I got this years and years ago. There's a man named Amardeep who lives in India. And Amardeep has a particular fondness for chicken tikka masala. He eats it every chance he can. He eats it with gusto. He eats it probably a lot faster than he needs to eat it. And one day while eating his chicken tikka masala, a chicken bone gets lodged in his throat. He's in trouble. He can barely breathe. He's panicking. His wife grabs him and ushers him to the nearest doctor. And he's pointing and wheezing and crying and carrying on. The doctor says, okay, don't worry. We're going to address this, Emmerdeep. And he gets the tongs or whatever it is that is going to give Emmerdeep some relief. And yoink, he pulls out the chicken bone. And Emmerdeep is relieved. Thank you, doctor. You've saved my life. You've saved everything. And the doctor says, well, that's what I do, you know. And, and then there's this moment of kind of awkward silence as Emmerdeep goes, oh, well, I suppose I need to pay you for this emergency service. How much do I owe you? He says it with some trepidation. And the doctor says, only a fraction of what you thought when you first came in here. <laughs> know that as you graciously bless the practitioners who have come to get the chicken bone out of wherever it is in your consciousness that they are so deserving and welcoming of your support. Many of them are doing this as their vocation. This is what they do. They work with people. Let's work with them. Let us also know that practitioners are purveyors of healing. Practitioners are, are the kind of purveyors of healing. They're not going to write a prescription and say, take this to the drugstore and pick up some healing. They're not going to say, well, um, it's not quite healing season, but see me in March because we'll, we'll, we'll do some healing then. Practitioners know that here and now, right now, there's a healing going on. There's a healing going on, and we all need to participate in it. And that's what a practitioner is forever reminded. Dr. Jamie, if you're in the house, come and tell us all about it. Thank you. Mm. Mm. So all I can say is, mm. <laughs> oh, 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 yeah, 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 that's a healing going on. There's a healing going on. Let me walk to the banks of the river of love Where the current runs deep baptized in the one 
Where there's no separation And the light is always in Honoring all our differences And love will set us free Oh, Mother, Father, God There's a healing going on Mother, Father, God There's a healing going on I said, oh, you got my soul. I said, oh, you got my soul. I see the blessings of the past. It's time to requalify. Let's not forget, but learn to forgive God knows who we've got to try. It's my responsibility to heal the wounds in me. Passion, faith, and hope, and love, and truth will set us free. Come on, y'all. Mother, Father, God, there's a healing going on. Mother, Father, God, there's a healing going on. Father God, there's a healing going on right now, right here. There's a healing going on. Father, Father God, there's a healing going on. Oh, you rock my soul. Say, oh, you rock my soul. Valerie, sing it for me. Come on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 